Aromatic Chat, the podcast that introduces you to registered, clinical, and certified aromatherapists around the world. I'm your host, Melissa. I'm a holistic life coach and a registered aromatherapist. Join me every other week as we chat with aromatherapists and hear about their aromatic journeys and how they use essential oils in their lives and in their businesses. Hey everybody, it is Melissa here at Aromatic Chat and I am telling you the lineup of my guests has just been phenomenal. I don't know if you've noticed that, but the people that I've been chatting with uh, are just amazing people and today's guest is no different. I met Deborah actually in a business group that I, that we both belong to and so I actually met Deborah just, you know, chatting back and forth in comments and stuff on posts. I found out she was an aromatherapist that way. I mean, I didn't even know it, but I, I kind of did some creeping around on her website and wow, she's amazing. So I'm excited for you guys to hear all of the things that she's going to be sharing because she has a really amazing way that she is using aromatherapy in addition to the other modalities that she practices. So help me welcome Deborah Reese. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, my, de- my desire, my goal with these aromatic chats is to help increase your footprint in the, in the world. Awesome. So that people can yes. find you. And that's my desire. That is my, that is my end goal is that everybody that I interview will, um, I don't know, people will be able to find you easier. That's my hope. Oh, that's great. Great. That's, I love that. That's really my hope. I, you know, I love, um, like I'm a life coach, but I never end an aromatherapist. So my calling is coaching and that's what I'm called to do. But my passion is seeing other people succeed. So this falls right in <laughs> with my passion is help, yeah. Yeah, helping other people succeed. And I, aromatherapy is so strange, right? Because we know how amazing it is from a clinical standpoint, from a therapeutic standpoint, but the yeah. masses just know that it smells good. And my salespeople tell me it can help with things. So <laughs> <laughs> my desire is to get the word out that it's more than just more than just marketing. It's more than just marketing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I think that's been one of my goals as well. When my background is education and doing education as um Yes, I was a, creeping around on your website. <laughs> great. Oh, good. Yeah. So, uh, although, you know, I am a nurse, but I always feel education is is a big piece of that, especially in my clinical nurse specialist role, education is a component as well as research and, you right. know, the clinical aspect of it. So, you know, it's actually blending all of those together. And that I think is such an important piece that, that we are providing that education to the lay public that yes, this is great, but you know, it is really, it can be very powerful. And that's actually something I found out early on in my own aromatherapy experience was I already was doing energy work and things of that nature. I said, Oh, let me, let me bring in some aromatherapy. This is great stuff. And right. early on, it was like, oh, wait a minute, this, I need to learn more. This is way too powerful. I just had that sense, that feeling like, okay, I, I just don't want to, you know, just dive in, put oils on people. And that's been a common theme among all of the people that I've interviewed. You know, we get into this thing and then we go, wait, whoa, 
you know, because there's that, there's that intuition that we have. And there's, I don't know, I think it's the education part, the, the desire to just make sure what I'm doing is correct. I, I want to jump in. I want to yes. dive in, but I want to make sure I'm, I'm diving into the deep end, not the, not the shallow end. Right. And you want to be credible. I mean, it's your reputation. Yes. And, you know, that's very important as far as especially doing things in more of a clinical realm. It's very much a a big piece to be reputable and safe. And I'm seeing that even in in hospital settings and in other clinical settings that there are people just bringing in even health people like nurses just bringing in oils and using them because they feel it's okay to do that. They just really don't know. It's not that they're planning to cause harm or wanting to do that. It's just a lack of knowing. And so I think if anything, just getting the the awareness out there that these are valuable, these are valuable tools, but they definitely have come with a degree of responsibility. Yes, I totally, I totally agree with everything that you just said. And, and I don't know if you have this experience. I'm not a clinical aromatherapist. I'm a registered aromatherapist, so I don't work in a hospital setting, but I do visit locations like spas and massage studios, and they have an aromatherapy component. I don't know, but I doubt that they have training. It just, it just breaks my heart. And I want to help everybody. I want to help everybody (laughs) figure it out. And I want to help everybody make sure it's right. But when I do reach out and offer my services, oh, that's nice. That's nice. We don't, we don't, we're fine. We don't need you. That's fine. And I just, and I just, my heart just kind of, you know, does a little wrench. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they don't know yeah. what they don't know. Exactly. That yeah. is, a, that's very true. Don't know what you don't know. Exactly. That can be dangerous. <laughs> yes. And as a clinical aromatherapist, I know that that's d- near and dear to your heart as well. Absolutely. Yes. And, and even the research, I mean, we're doing some research and again, early on, I used to say, I am not, once I got done with school, I am not doing any more research, you know, and, and, now, and now I'm, I'm just full blown into research and aromatherapy research. And, but, and, and I have to say though, it's really been a great, for the most part, it's been fun. It is very tedious, but I feel that it does expand our whole body of knowledge and gives us that credibility as a profession. There is a reason, you know, with the chemistry and how it affects the physiology of the body and the brain and, um, and how we can use it and the safe ways of using it is right. um, definitely something we need to add to our our body of practice. And I, I'm sure you've been following everything uh, in the wake of Unwell and Botanica and mm-hmm. everything that's been coming out, really trying to educate the masses that aromatherapy is a credible modality. It's not witchcraft. Yeah. It's not woo-woo. There's science right. behind it. And we're actually getting to the point where the science is becoming known, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yes, very exciting. So that's going to be a necessary piece. It just is. I mean, you would like to say, oh, we we know the chemistry, we know, let's just do this. But in order to get it accepted into organizations and more of that healthcare arena, that's what they're, you have to kind of, oh, yes. that, you know, have that evidence behind it. So. Right, right. Do you belong to AIA, NAHA, both? I do. I belong to NAHA. I belong to AIA. That's the international one, right? Because I I do teach as in an aromatherapy school. So 
I have to maintain those memberships. But I'm, but I also, I mean, I really enjoy that. I I think they, you know, they have such a wealth of knowledge and information. You know, I get some really good information from Naha. I love their journal and, you know, some of the pieces that, that come out there. I'm part of the clinical group, which I'm really, really very fortunate to be a part of for AIA and really, really enjoy that. And it's been it's been somewhat of a challenge with COVID because many of us work in the clinical settings and how are we using aromatherapy? I mean, we're using aromatherapy a lot with our staff and providing aromas for relaxation, energy, renewal, you know, just different things, balance. So during COVID, I said that uh, most of my focus was on staff because our patient load really diminished. And, you know, people weren't coming in or we couldn't see them after they were done with treatment. We were still trying to process what, what's right and, you know, what was the right safe way to see people. And so until we knew that we weren't, you know, we weren't seeing people, we weren't seeing patients, but the staff was going crazy because they were trying to keep up with everything and things changing and stress was, woo, you know, way up there. So our nursing care was really to the staff at that point and kind of keeping everybody at a balance because what, even though you're under stress, you have to maintain this calm face <laughs> in the midst of chaos, you know? So it's just uh, something that kind of helped them, you know, get through that. Well, I think that's a component that so many of us uh, ignore. I have a service dog, And we used to visit hospice. He's also a therapy dog. Everybody would always ask me, oh, it must be wonderful for the patients that she goes to visit them. And I said, well, when I walk into the room with her, I let her lead where she wants to go. Half the time it was to the staff. Oh, wow. A quarter of the time she would go to a family member. And then the other quarter she would go to the patient. We forget the staff. Yeah. In general. And I think COVID has brought it to our attention that we need yeah. to paying closer attention to to the staff. And I think um, even uh, even though I'm I'm seeing some publications recognizing that staff are feeling and you do see it on the commercials, you know, the frontline people and and giving a recognition and awareness, but we're still not really doing a lot to provide services for frontline and healthcare workers. That's kind of where my focus now has been as far as audience or a target, you know, market, so to speak, mm-hmm. is my fellow colleagues, you right. know, because I do see and have been there. You know, I know what burnout is. I know what it feels like to want to say you're going to throw in the towel, but you know, deep down that this is your calling, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. But at the same time, finding those resources that are going to bring you balance and energy to help you do that care for others. Right. So that's where I've really focused on um, information, materials, education to really help those that are providing care for others, you know, whether it's healthcare providers or caregivers even, because, you know, during this time, those individuals too are feeling a really stressful time as far as not being able to see loved ones, not being able to get over and helping them maybe like they did before. And it's really heart-wrenching to see some of the lack of socialization that this has caused and how important now we are realizing that is. (laughs) Yes. Well, you always take for granted the things that you have. 
until mm-hmm. we don't have them anymore. We all do it. It's human nature. You don't know what you've got until it's gone. If 2020 has shown us anything more clearly, it is that. Right. We had so much that we just took for granted every day. Absolutely. So. And absolutely. And so many things that you think are just common household items like your toilet paper, you know? <laughs> that okay. People go, I still don't it. understand that. I still don't understand that. <laughs> I'm like, I am not going there. <laughs> these this is the thing, these are the things my brain thinks about. Who was the person that started that? Where did that start? Like if we were to follow the trail back to the first person that said, we're going to run out of toilet paper. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That person. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's something wrong here. (laughs) Oh, my word. So do you see this new passion of caring for the caretakers, something that's going to be a long lasting vision for you in your business? Or do you think it's really just COVID related? And once this is over, we'll be good. This is actually where I was always had a feeling or a passion for, like I really felt before COVID before, you know, that people really didn't realize that there are some really good tools that we can use very quickly, very effectively. Don't always, aren't able to go to counselors or people don't want to go there or, you know, they can't afford different therapies and things like that. And those are nice. And I, I love them, but there are times where you need something right now, right? You know, it's chaos right now. So what can you do? And sometimes, you know, so what do we do? We might eat, we might might complain, we might, you know, hopefully we don't get violent, but you know, there are some things, workplace violence is actually on the increase. People are trying to stuff or let out, you know, their their anxiety. We typically choose destructive paths. Right, right. It might be more, it's more self-destructive. It definitely is. And it can be, you know, even the self-medication and things of that nature. So uh, part of what I had been doing, even within the last couple of years is we were offering sessions. I work in a cancer care and that's Actually, I'm very fortunate to be able to do these kinds of therapies, energy work, relaxation therapies, aromatherapy, movement therapy with patients and their families. We started to do things with the staff. Then COVID hit and it was almost like this explosion of awareness, like, wait a minute. Now we like, just kind of like you mentioned, like, okay, now we are seeing these people are facing this and more daily. So what can we do? And I think that's been a um, maybe a struggle is what can we do? So that's been really my focus, finding things to calm your chaos in five minutes or less. Because I know you don't have a lot of time in, when you're busy right. and, in your, and you're taking care of people and you're, or, you know, trying to take care of yourself is kind of like gets lower on the list. So to remind ourselves, all right, we've got five minutes. So what can I do in that quick time? So you know, doing some things with aromatherapy, with relaxation therapy, combining them has been part of my focus. And actually it is kind of increasing now as far as where I'm starting to see this new path emerging is with organizations looking at what can we do to bring these services into the clinical arena for our providers to give to patients. So not only for them, but also what can they do to bring it to others? And part of that is because of our bodies that regulate organizations like hospitals and nursing homes and things. They've always had it kind of like, oh, you should be doing other things too, besides medications. 
But now it's coming more, again, that's coming up more to the surface. I think the opioid crisis and, you know, the the over-medications of our elderly and things of that nature are bringing this more to the surface of regulating bodies. What else are you doing before you go to a a narcotic or before you're using a sedative? And what other kinds of modalities are you offering? So now people are like, okay, what do you have? (laughs) And what can we do? And how can we teach others, you know, to do this, to bring it to our to our clients. So I think that is actually a field that's going to be opening up even more so. I actually completely and 100% agree with that. Uh, on my um, my signature block that I send for all my emails, it says we're at a tipping point. Yeah. Right now. And CAM providers need to be ready because they're coming. They're going to be coming to us, which is another reason I wanted to get this series started because everyone that I've interviewed comes at aromatherapy from a little bit of a different perspective. You know, we've had therapeutic, I've had clinical, I've had registered, you know, so we're all kind of coming at it differently, but all with the same goal Mm -hmm. of education. We want people to know about this modality and I want people to know where they can find what they need. Yeah. Right. So you're not the first clinical aromatherapist that I've interviewed, but you're doing things a little bit differently as well. So Mm -hmm. the opportunity Mm -hmm. for people to find you, that's what, that's what I'm so excited about. In my introduction, I mentioned that we met each other through a business group. How did you find Casey? (laughs) I actually found her at AIA. She was a vendor there. Yes. You were at the The last person. Yes, I was there. And I met Casey the same way. Oh, you did? Oh, she's good. She is good. She is. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of one, it's kind of interesting how the web, you know, goes out and yes. you know connects with you know with each other. So yeah, yes. it's cool. Yes, the six it was a great conference, reasons. wasn't it? It really was. It was such a great conference. And I'm like sitting over here waiting for early bird registration. I have to really work hard to get there because I'm on Guam. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm oh, really great. excited. And will you oh, well, I hope to see you. Yes. yes. I'm on a committee too. So I like to, you know, make sure that, you know, I'm not kind on of- a committee for AIA, but I'm the central region rep. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Very I cool. take care of all of central region from Texas up to the Dakotas. Oh, great. Yeah. So, so it's nice to know, like when you're talking with people on the phone or like this, it's kind of like, it's just different to really connect with them in person. So I hope that we can connect in person. You that's, know, so. that's my hope as well. Every time they yeah. post something, I'm like, please, please, please. <laughs> I know. Person, please be in person. Mm-hmm. Oh, could you tell us a little bit more? I know we've talked a lot already, but a little bit more about your journey to how you got to where you are right now, reaching out to providers and helping them their stress because you have a lot of modalities. Yes. Yes, I have. And (laughs) and, as I was like toying with different things, I'm like, how is this ever going to, how do these all connect? And now it's, it's all connecting, you know, like (laughs) years later, my background is as a critical care nurse. And so I remember, and I loved the, I loved the action, the activity, and it was during a, a really kind of a stressful time in our world at ever our nation at that time, you know, there's a lot of things happening. And so it was something that really was fascinating to me, but I can remember distinctly, there was a point in time after I'd been there, it was just like, there's gotta be something more than putting people to get back together. Something is missing from 
from this care that we are providing. And you know, it's, they always say you put it out there and you, you ask the question and the answers come. Yeah. And so, you know, I started getting information about the this kind of energy work or this, you know, that, and it's something that I dove into. It really was fascinating and started to explore that. And then I went to this local, it was a local conference that they had on aromatherapy. And again, there was this little voice that said, pay attention. This is really important. And, you know, I saw that was my aromatherapy journey. I started to dive in. And the person who was actually teaching the energy program that I had taken some classes with was starting to add aromatherapy into, but more from the Judeo-Christian, you know, like what did it say as far as how you did laying out of hands, anointing, and putting all of that together. Mm -hmm. So I kind of came in through the aromatherapy learning it, you know, like that, but then I don't know if you remember Dr. D'Angelo out of Colorado, but I went to his school, got my aromatherapy. We probably um, know some of the same people. Probably. Yeah. So, so I got my certification there and, and then, you know, just continued my education and uh, the school then branched out two separate tracks. There's the energy and then there's the aromatherapy track. So I started to teach then in that aromatherapy certification program track. And then started to slowly incorporate. I was like about 2006 is when I got this role where I'm at now with the outpatient cancer setting. They actually had this program called Healing Care, which was a lot with relaxation guided imagery. So I started to bring in the energy work. And then just within the last few years, we started to bring in the aromatherapy. And it is something that has really blended well and talk about integrating tools together. We use imagery, relaxation, aromatherapy, and they all mesh together. So breathe in this aroma as you do this breathing technique. Right. We're, we're guiding you through this imagery technique and we have this aroma laying on your chest. So you're breathing it in. And now what? Guess what? That's your trigger for you take that with you, take that aroma with you. And that is now your trigger to help you relax when you feel anxious, to help you reduce your nausea. If you have nausea, when you're coming to the center, you know, so um, I've got peppermint that I'm breathing. I've got right here. And this is how we put it. We put it on a tissue, right? you know, right. breathe it in. And so it's just simple. It's quick and it's very, very, very effective. So, so we use it, you know, we're using our aromatherapy with different tools I do gentle movement therapy with our cancer patients to keep them flexible, to keep the energy going. It's been a tool to help them stay mobile during chemo even, and definitely we'll do aromatherapy to help them stay focused, to help them stay energized. Again, they might tuck it in their shirt or they might, we might diffuse it, you know, so it is something that we're actually, again, we integrate the aromatherapy in with our other modalities. So it's all coming together. So it's like, okay, what tools are going to be helpful for you? Because right. everybody has different things that feel right for them. And, you know, sometimes an aroma that you think this is the typical one that's going to be helpful is not what that person wants. So, you know, you have to kind of explore and assess where are they? What do they like? And, and sometimes we'll blend things together. You know, we might put Peppermint. I just did a combination today, peppermint and orange, because you know we ran out of our lime, which is a favorite for reducing stress and helping people relax. So it was um, 
well, we don't have it today, but you know what? Let's, let's uh, try. She wanted to try her orange. She goes and give me a little peppermint. I need to wake up. So it's like, okay, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's really cool. Not to bash medicine, not to bash yeah. doctors. I don't want anybody to ever hear that coming out of my mouth. I feel like most doctors, they treat the body, they right. treat the symptoms, but they've lost sight of the whole person. That's not my personal thought. That's something I've garnered from a lot of different reading, but they have lost sight of the whole person. And what I hear you saying is you're looking at the whole person, taking mm -hmm. in every part of them and trying to find exactly what it is that's going to work for them. And then the other important thing to remember is just because it works today doesn't mean it'll work tomorrow. Tomorrow, right. they need something completely different if their Absolutely. energy shifted or, you know, Absolutely. so that's really yes. exciting what you're doing. Something I can say where we are having fun with it and keeping a pulse on where the staff are when we're doing this. So even though I might be seeing patients, I'm always looking and, and kind of having a, an awareness of how's the energy feel in the room or in the unit, uh, you know, with what's going on and, and then saying, okay, who needs a little bit of a stress reduction kind of oil or blend? And so, you know, people be like, okay, yep, that's me. Well, and nobody wants to just, nobody wants to just say, Hey, I'm feeling really stressed right now. Could you help me yeah. out? But once you mention it. Yeah. Then, then people, yeah. or I can see, I can see the hands going up. <laughs> yeah. I'll even, or I'll say, Ooh, I can feel the tension in here. Who needs something? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Just kind of lightens everything as well. And just kind of, you know, eases it up. So it, it, it can be pretty, you know, pretty tense sometimes. So whatever we can do, we went over, we being myself and another uh, colleague, we went over to when COVID first hit, we went over to um, the system. We have a lot of hospitals in our system. So one system became the COVID hospital. We did our services there and we, we did them on different shifts so that we were right there in the their lunch area to offer basically all we could do in a very, very short period of time was offer them aromatherapy. You know, we didn't have time to go through breathing and do visualization with them or anything like that. So it was like, we can offer you some aromatherapy. If they had time to talk, there were a couple people who would, you know, want to talk a little bit more, but for the most part, they were looking at something real quick, but even that was so effective, you know, like you see them smell like, Ooh, this smells like a margarita on a beach, you know, or, Ooh, this is like being in my garden or, Oh, this is, you know, I'm in the woods and it's kind of like, just took them someplace else for a moment. So, you know, that, and we know when, when you're feeling that really, ah, feeling, your whole immune system shifts. Ooh, yes, so, yes. Yeah. It's like from that adrenaline kick on to, Ooh, you know, just that ease and, and relax. And that's actually what's helping them to be healthier. Yes. Whether they, they may not be thinking of it that way, but that's what we're doing. If we right. can shift that adrenaline or reduce those hormones that are being released with being constantly on, then you're helping to bring that whole system back to balance. Yes. So well, because disease happens in a state of stress. Yeah. Uh, all disease happens in a state of stress. And the only way right. to repair is to get back into that homeostasis, that state of ease and allow the cells to regenerate. I mean, they can't regenerate yeah. in a stressed state. That's very true. So there are things we can do very quickly, but again, safety being the factor, making sure what we were using and how we were using it and 
and just quickly educating, like, here's how you use this. And again, because everybody was in masks, we had to make sure don't rub it on your mask because it could degrade their N95s. So anything that they would get on it could actually degrade it. So again, we'd have to be very good with our education <laughs> and just, and people wouldn't have thought of that. They'd like maybe want to put it right in their, their mask. And it's like, nope, don't do right. that. Right. So again, you know, not just something like that where you think, oh, that's something simple, but it still has an education component to it. (laughs) Right, right. Well, because we don't know what we don't know. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to that. You're right. (laughs) So, but fun part, what are your three favorite essential oils? Like if you could only have three, what would they be? Peppermint is number one, (laughs) is my number one (laughs) go-to. You know, I love it because I'll travel on a plane and I'm like, you know, maybe make sure it's right by my nose to just help those filters. I'm, I haven't been flying lately, but when I was, but um, those, it's definitely one I, I like to have when I travel, just different time zones, foods, everything. It's just a perfect one. Then it helps with clarity and keeping you awake. Right. Um, but I also really like the citrus oils. Um, so I, I do like lemon. It's always that very clean. It's uplifting. Um, I mentioned orange, and that's just a real favorite. And it's great with my with children. I have grandchildren now, so I will say that orange is one of their one of their favorites. So I make sure I have that around the house, and and it's just a nice one to kind of bring relaxation and yeah. peace. But probably I would say like one of my new favorites, it's an old, but one of my, you know, how different oils will come into your life. One of the oils that has been coming into my life a lot is cedarwood. And I just really like its balance and it's just that grounding. So when you feel like you're, you know, you're just really rolling and running, it's like, ah, just to kind of ground with your cedarwood, add a little bit of orange to it. Perfect. (laughs) Sounds like a recipe. Cedarwood with just a touch of orange. Right. right. (laughs) So what's getting you really fired up right now? Business or in your personal life, what's getting you really like super excited? Well, personally, I will say I'm creating my signature program. It is the STEP, which is my supportive therapy engagement program. That really, as it's unfolding and as I'm really, I'm spending, I'm diving into it. I'm spending a lot of time with it. The physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, elements, and then looking at the categories that I deal with relaxation, aromatherapy, general movement, and how each one of these modalities can be used for each of those components, the the physical, the mental, the emotional, spiritual. So it is really unfolding into a a big program. It's going to be, you know, my signature program, but I do like the calm your chaos is just something that I'm really excited. It's, it's a new video series that I just have put out there. It's free. And so people can get that and get maybe like really quick tips, you know, on relaxation, a quick tip on aromatherapy, but oftentimes they're, they're blended. The modalities are blended together and a quick tip on movement that they can do in five minutes or less to kind of bring themselves back to balance. Each video gives them a little tip and then you know, how they can actually put them together. So I'm always excited about putting it all together, like putting the puzzle pieces together, you know, and like, let's, let's make it all, let's see how we can make that work and let's experiment. Let's choose something different. See how we like that. I really, that kind of has got me really fired up to 
be sharing that, to be, you know, introducing it and to be actually involved with it. My grandkids come in my room here in my office where I've got all my oils and different things and just kind of like, Ooh, let's, what can we put together? Let's try and, you know, put these things together and see what we like. So I think having our children, teaching our children at a young age, I didn't know this when my kids were young. So teaching um, our grandkids or our children very healthier habits for stress is so important. And I'm finding we are dealing as adults, we are dealing with a lot more stress and we're not coping with it effectively, but children are getting that stress from us. They're feeling that from, they're feeling that energy may not so much understand it. And they're having, they're not having maybe the tools to cope with it. Right. So I think that's another thing that I think we need to be concerned about and aware and really looking at what we can do to help that. Right. Well, I feel like stress crept up on our society, right? It was a really slow, gradual increase, but it got to the point where we're, we were all living here high, very high stress levels, but we felt like it was normal. So we didn't, we didn't really consider what it was doing to our bodies, but all you have to do is look at our health crisis, disease happens in a state of stress. So we're walking around here and then COVID happened, which I, you know, I know everybody's stressed over 2020 and they can't wait for 2021 yeah. to get here. But we know historically about every hundred years, something like this happens and yeah. it's a reset. It's our time yeah. to reset. And I think as a society, we finally realized this is where we've been. Yeah, because so many people have started to come down and realize that this was not normal. This was not okay. Like if if we looked at the statistics pre-COVID, they kept talking about uh, stress among teens and suicide rates going up and all of this, and nobody could understand why. But it's because we thought this was normal. Yeah. Um, But now we have we're starting to notice things. We're starting to realize, and I'm thankful for 2020. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's been a stressful year. I won't deny that it has been hard. We've, we have never lived through a pandemic before. It's not the first one that's ever happened, but we've never lived through it, but it's caused us to stop Mm -hmm. and, you know, and evaluate and listen to our bodies and realize we don't even know how to listen to our bodies anymore. And for some that can be really scary because it's change. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think I've always looked at, okay, what can we look at? That's, that's good. There's always something good. Always. And always. how can we embrace that and yes. go forward with it? So, yeah, I think there's, there's um, some really good opportunities for us. I agree. Okay. So how, how can people find you? How can people find what you're doing? If they connected with you, they're like, man, I want to work with her one-on-one. How do they find you? Tell me all the ways. Well, the big way is my website. Okay. So my website has a lot of uh, different different resources, some free eBooks and things like that. So people want to kind of slowly dive in. And also the link, Calm Your Chaos, is, is there as well. Um, I did provide the link, Calm Your Chaos, if you want to share that so they can just Definitely. go directly to it. Um, that's another way that they can kind of find me and, and get get in there. And also my email address is part of that, of my website. So, so they'll find me that way. But it, again, it's my name at Gmail. <laughs> so okay. pretty easy. Yeah, pretty easy to find me. I am on Facebook um, also, and it's my name. So I kept it really consistent. <laughs> yeah, 
I'll put links to everything underneath the video. So all they have to do is okay. click the link and they can find you. Instagram? I do have an Instagram account. I am that's one of my 2021 goals is to get more involved in Instagram. I do I do Twitter, I do LinkedIn. Um I, I am on LinkedIn uh more probably than I am on Instagram. So um I know I, I see things from AIA and Naha on LinkedIn. So for people who are interested in that kind of um, focus, that might be someplace that they, they would find me. Okay. Fabulous. Do you have yeah. any final amazing words that you'd like to leave our audience with? You can always breathe, breathe in your favorite aroma. And remember the tools are just right at your fingertips when you're feeling anxious or stressed. And, you know, it's sometimes not, it's sometimes hard not to get caught up in the energy that is in the world today, but to recognize it and then choose something different. And there are those tools that you can just do very quickly. And if anything, find gratitude because there's always something to be grateful for. Always. Even toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, you know, it's even those simple things to remember. Like you said, there's things that we took for granted. Be grateful for those things you took for granted. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, I humor. You got to have humor, you know? Gosh. Well, laughter, you know, laughter really truly is medicine. It is. The world needs is. laughter, so. It, it is. And I, I do like to put humor in everything that that you know is out there find a little humor in something so it's worth it's worth the effort definitely it's worth the effort absolutely all right deborah my goodness this has been a pleasure thank yeah it's been great so thank you so much for agreeing to come on to aromatic chat hey thanks so much for tuning in to aromatic chat this is your host melissa your holistic life coach and registered aromatherapist. I will see you in a couple of weeks with our next episode. Until then, peace, love, and aromatics.